Moncrief on News Talk. Now, this year's One Dublin, One Book Choice is called The Coroner's Daughter. And while it's fiction, it is based on some interesting facts. It's set in 1816, a year when much of Europe didn't experience a summer. It's also arguably the year when forensic science began. Andrew Hughes is the author of The Coroner's Daughter. Andrew, good afternoon and congratulations to you. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so why, why was there no summer that year, or at least a perception there was no summer that year? Yeah, so 1816, it became known as the year without a summer. Uh, like at one of our first book club events on Saturday, someone pointed out that every year in Ireland could be called the year without a summer. But this was a particular climatic event that followed the eruption of Tambora, a volcano in Indonesia. So this huge dust cloud settled over Western Europe and North mm-hmm. America. It kind of it brought frost to mid-July. It turned the sun blood red. You know, sunspots were visible um, and became quite clear to the naked eye. So it just, for me, it became this nice, eerie, gothic atmosphere that I could set as uh, some historical crime. Right. So you already you already have an inbuilt uh, atmosphere there, as you said. And, That's and, right. And, and the, the connection between that year as well and forensic science. Yes. So I chose 1816 because of this strange weather event. But I was very fortunate that 1816 was also the year of publication of a textbook called The Epitome of Forensics by George Mayle. And Mayle was a surgeon who had grown increasingly frustrated at the inability of coroners to identify cases of murder, even when it seemed quite obvious. And it was mostly because coroners lacked the medical knowledge that they needed. So Mayle wrote this clear guide outlining the procedures for inspecting a body, uh, marks associated with violent deaths, scientific tests to establish poison and so on. So the timing of the book was perfect for me. It became my textbook for Abigail and her forensic adventures. So it was just this lovely snapshot of what was possible with forensics in this particular year of 1816. And and, and what kind of circumstances could forensics be used at that time? Well, it, it was kind of underused, but there had been examples, like a famous case came from 1794 in England. There was this man called Edward Culshaw who lived in Lancashire. He was shot through the head by a burglar during a botched uh, burglary. And during autopsy, the ball from the pistol was recovered from his skull. But there was also the remains of a scrap of paper, which was the wadding used in the muzzle of the gun. So when it was extracted, it was carefully unfolded and it was found to be a strip uh, torn from a song sheet. And meanwhile, the police had identified a suspect and he was arrested and searched and a ripped song sheet was discovered in his pocket. And when the fragment from Koshaw's head matched perfectly with this uh, song sheet from this suspect, he was tried, he was hanged. So that was the first ever murder case solved by forensic ballistics. So there were these techniques that could be used. They just weren't used enough um, because coroners didn't have the medical knowledge needed because they were wary of using medical examiners, because the, uh, the fee would have to come out of their own budgets and so on. And there was just maybe this distrust of this new science of mm. what it could prove. And, and, and Abigail, obviously Abigail is a coroner's daughter. Has she read this book? Oh, absolutely. Well, I imagine that uh, this is one of the, you know, the latest literature on forensics that would be on Abigail's bedside. So, like, she's the daughter of the city coroner. Uh, she's 18 years of age. Um, I was thinking of a kind of a, you know, your typical Jane Austen type heroine, but she has been very much indulged by her father in her more, you know, pathological interests, her love of forensics 
Um, so she has access to these textbooks and these tools from her father's profession. Um, and she's then headstrong enough that when a strange case uh, uh, crops up in her neighbour's house, she she feels uh, compelled to investigate. Yeah. Uh, now, the, the, the uh, One Dublin, One Book.ie lists all the, uh, the various events that are going to be taking place uh, around Dublin uh, in connection with this. For you, Andrew, though, being chosen as the book, uh, how big of a big deal is it for an author? Oh, absolutely. I mean... I've been aware of One Dublin, One Book down through the years and, you know, going through O'Connell Street, you'd see the banners up there outside the GPO and I'd always look at them going, oh, maybe one day I might get picked for one of my novels. So it was absolutely a huge um, thrill to be picked. Um, the books, they, they get recommended by Dublin City librarians. They make recommendations for what the book will be. So it's very much kind of a library-based choice. You know, the publishers don't get a say in it. Authors obviously don't get a say in it. So it's just this huge honour. And it was, there was a nice story behind it because the book was recommended by the librarian in Fibsborough at the time. But it was during lockdown. She had been given the coroner's daughter by one of her neighbours, uh, an elderly neighbour of hers called Rosaline. Apparently Rosaline would give books to everybody in the street if she liked them. So Rosaline gave the book to the librarian. The librarian thought it would make an excellent candidate for one Dublin one book and she suggested it. But really, I owe it all to Rosaline. And so for the events that are coming, Rosaline will always be guest of honour. Right, indeed. That's a good on you, Rosaline. And I, I suppose <laughs> to be chosen, the, the book has to, you know, be set in Dublin or deal with Dublin or not? Yes. So it's a, it's a Dublin City Libraries initiative. And the book, yes, it's either set in Dublin or the author is from Dublin. There just has to be some Dublin connection. And then the idea is that everybody is um, encouraged to read the book during the month of April. There are several events throughout the month of April to deal with themes of the book. It's just this encouragement for kind of a shared reading experience, which is nice because that doesn't come along very often. And it's just a brilliant way to celebrate the book. You know, I'm absolutely thrilled that, that, I, that I was picked. Andrew, thanks so much for speaking with us today. That's uh, Andrew Hughes there. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.